Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. To have you turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16 today. Today is our our revive Sunday. Everyone say revive. And one of the things I want you want you to see is uh I believe in God to revive certain things in our lives this year. Believing God to awaken some things in our lives this year. And for, for some of you, you're thinking dreams, you're thinking business, you're thinking family, you're thinking relationships. But others of you, I'm praying that God would revive your love for God. Your priority of God. There was a time in your life that you would wake up and God was your passion. There was a time in your life where you couldn't wait to worship God. There was a time in your life where God was the centerpiece, that God was the very thing that drove you, that, that, that awakened you. You couldn't wait to share what God had done for you. But along the way, along the journey, it's very easy to find our passion for God begin to dwindle. But I don't know about you. I don't want to be a pastor that doesn't know God. I don't want to be a husband that doesn't know God. I want to be a man that is on fire, that loves God every morning that I wake, that everything that I am has a passion for who God is. I want to love God. I want to be committed to God. I don't want to go through the motions. I want to set things in motion. This morning, I want to speak to your hearts. It's not about having a faith. It's about experiencing who God is. Not coming to church but being the church. In the next two weeks, I'm going to share with you some things that I really believe are going to unlock new levels in your life. Don't miss the next two weeks. If there's weeks that you're going to miss, don't make the next two weeks part of that. Because this week and next week are are so foundational. I'm going to be sharing some things, both in vision as well as things that I believe God's going to unlock in you as well. Matthew 16, verse 13. It says this, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples and said this, who do people say that the Son of Man is? The disciples replied, well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Now, how many of you know that's an elite company? That, that's like them asking, hey, who, who do they say Juan is? Well, some say Bill Gates, some say, you know, uh, they start naming off all these successful people and so forth. That's pretty elite company, right? But Jesus isn't about being an elite company. He responds to them and he says, then he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the. Messiah, the son of the living God. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Everyone say, who do you say that I am? I want you to notice what's going on because there was opinions as to who people thought Jesus was in those days. 
trying to figure out who he was, trying to figure out what he stood for. And many individuals said he was a prophet. Some say he was a teacher. Others called him a healer. Other individuals recognized him as a good man, a holy man. Others called him a revolutionary, maybe even a troublemaker. But there were very many opinions as to who Jesus was. But I want you to understand, Jesus was not concerned about what other opinions of the world were regarding who he was. He had a question for Peter. Who do you say that I am? Listen to me. This day, in this day and age, many people have opinions as to who Jesus is. There's many religions that have ideas and philosophies as to who Jesus is. But God's not concerned about what other people think of him. God wants to know, who do you think Jesus is? If I were to ask you right now, who do you say Jesus is? Who is Christ to you? Is he a good man? Is he a teacher, a healer, a preacher? Many of us would come up with different things. But Peter makes a revelation. He has this understanding. He says, you are the Messiah. Why is that important? Because it's the same words that blind Bartimaeus, sitting on the side of the road, begins to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. While the crowd is going by, you got a blind man that could see what Jesus was when the whole crowd couldn't see it themselves. Because the crowds knew Jesus as a teacher, a healer, but they didn't know him as the Messiah. So when the blind men start saying son of David, that was a messianic term that you are the deliverer of Israel. You are the deliverer of mankind. You are the Messiah, the son of God. They told him to shut up. Be quiet. Because they didn't agree with what the blind man knew who Jesus was. See, some of you, when you begin to recognize who Jesus is, people will tolerate you. Until you start speaking about Jesus being the only way. Then they'll try to silence you. Jesus asked, who do you say that I am? Who's Jesus to you? Is he your genie in a bottle that you just rub the lamp and hope that he's going to come and meet every need that you have? Is he the one that you pray to get you out of trouble? God, if you get me out of this, I'll never do it again. Is he the one that you you run to when things fall apart? Or is he truly the son of God to you? Is he the Messiah? Is he your father? Is he your friend? Is he the, the sight to the blind, the walking to the lame? Is he life to the dead? Who is Jesus to you? Who do you say that I am? And I want you to understand what happens here. Something remarkable takes place. When Peter responds who Jesus is, look at verse 17. Of chapter 16. It says, Jesus replied, You are blessed, Simon of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. See, I need you to understand, church. I want you to grab a hold of this. Knowing who Jesus is isn't taught, it's caught. You can't read who Jesus is and understand who he is by reading or studying. Jesus is someone you experience, not something that you read or learn about. Knowing who Christ is, is the when you have an experience with who God is. What am I telling you? It's an experience, not an education. See, many of you know God, but you haven't known God. You know God, 
You don't know God. That's why you look around this place and there's so many empty seats right now because we, have, we live in a world that people that know God, but they haven't known God. I know he's there, but they've yet to experience him. I don't know if you're catching that. See, the disciples experienced who Jesus was. They had experience. Look at 1 John 1, 1. John is talking, the disciple John, he says this. We proclaim to you the one, everyone say the one, whom existed from the beginning, whom we've heard and seen. We saw him, someone say saw him, with our own eyes and touched him. Someone say touched. With our own hands, he is the word of life. I'm not sharing with you something I heard about, something I read about. I'm not sharing with you something I read in a book. I'm sharing with you someone I experience, someone I touch. I'm here to tell you today, I'm not preaching to you about someone I read about. I'm not talking to you about someone I heard about. I've touched him. I've experienced him. And that's what's going on in the world today. The world doesn't need our explanation of Christ. They need our revelation of who Jesus is. Somebody say amen. The world doesn't need another explanation of your faith. They need a demonstration of your faith. They need to see us walking it out. They need to see us living it. So I don't know if you're catching it this morning. Now, something important happens here. When, when, let me take this off, okay? I never got one from Diamond, so. <laughs> Something happens when God, when Peter recognizes who Jesus is, it revives who Peter is. Say it again, Pastor. When, when, Peter recognizes who Jesus is, it revives who Peter is. Many of us are struggling with who we are because you don't know yet who Jesus is. Look look at verse 18. Now I say this to you, you are Peter, which means what? What's the word say? Come on, work with me. Rock. Peter means rock. What's a trip? Simon meant pebble. Peter means rock. Pebble, rock. What's the difference? Bigger, stronger, more stable. What am I telling you? You see, a pebble is a piece of the rock. But when you recognize who God is, you are not just a piece of something. You become the strong, you, you become the foundation. You become every, right now you are, you are a glimpse of what God wants you to be. But when you recognize who God is, you become the fullness of what God intended you to be. Some of you are getting pebbles of your promise. You haven't walked in the fullness of what God has for you. But when you recognize who God is, all of a sudden you go from a pebble to a rock. You don't just get a piece of it. You get the the whole thing. And I'm here to tell you that if you're wanting success in business and family and relationship and education in your spiritual life, it does not come from extra effort alone. It comes in revelation of who God is. 
Because when you recognize who God is, God will reveal who you are. Peter's recognition of who Jesus was revived. Someone say revived. Who Peter was. You think you're successful now? You think you're doing good now? Wait till you really figure out who God is. Oh, come on. Wait till you experience who God is. Not just know, but know. The disciples had experienced Jesus. They they saw him raise the dead. They saw him give sight to the blind. They saw him give hearing to the deaf. They saw Jesus walk on water. They saw him multiply the fishes and loaves. They were firsthand participants of what God did. They didn't read it in a book. They experienced it in true life. I want you to know that God has the ability to take your fishes and loaves and multiply it. He has the ability to take when you have no sight to give you sight. If you can experience what God can do in your life, it'll take you from a pebble and turn you into a rock. When you realize who Jesus is, it will revive who you really are. That's what revive is all about. You see, when you don't know who you, when you don't know who you are, you have to put on other people. Let me let that sit for a moment. When you don't know who you are, you have to put on other people. What do I mean? I got to wear polo. Got to have that little horse on my my shirt. Got to have Nike. Got to have Under Armour. I got to drive a Mercedes. I have to drive uh, that, that Jaguar. I have to, because when you don't know who you are, you find your value in putting on other people. See, the clothes don't make the man or the woman. The person makes the clothes. LeBron James is still going to be LeBron James regardless of where he, what he wears. And many times we see them and we think, if I wear what they wear, then I'm going to have the identity they have. When you don't know who you are, you need identity by putting other people on. But when you know who you are, I'll take you to Kmart and wrap you up with all the Kmart clothes and you'll still come walking out of there looking like a stud. Why? Because who you are isn't dependent on what you wear. Thank you for three of you that get that, okay? Everyone's like, no, no, I'm going to wear Nike, Pastor. I got mm-mm. The key who Peter really was, was locked up in his revelation of who Jesus was. It's connected. When he understood who God was, it released who he was. So when he understood who God was, it released who he was. When you understand who God is, it will release who God made you to be. It's connected. Those things are intertwined. You can't separate the two of those things. And the problem is many of us are afraid to get close to God, but because we're afraid that the moment I get close to God, it's going to mess up what I become accustomed to and comfortable with. Because then it's going to cause me to change. It's going to cause me to live at a higher level. It's going to cause me to do things I'm not comfortable doing. Because when God comes in and you have a true experience with who Jesus is, it will change you. 
No, no, you're not hearing me. Do you understand that every person that ever had an encounter with God in the Old and New Testament was totally transformed? How do I know that you know God? Is that you are a different person than you were before you met him. Why? Because when Peter had that, when Peter had an encounter with God, it changed him. When Moses encountered the burning bush, it changed him. When Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up, it changed him. When Paul had an encounter with God on his way to Tarsus, it changed him. When you have an encounter with God, it will transform your life. Who you are is locked up in who Jesus is. I'm going to ask the worship team just to come help me for a second. There's so much more I have to share with you, but uh, I'm going to save that for next week. All right, I don't think that's Jesus right there, bro. Off, <laughs> off button. There you go. There you go. Bro, it's time to change your, time to change your ringtone, bro. Everyone just stretch your hands forward to my brother right now. Just pray that. Pray that, right? When you don't know who Jesus is, bro, it even changes your music, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Some things you just can't plan, man. Some things you just. Now, you know, they, they called it uh, green cards, but they're more lime, okay? I kind of like the green card aspect of it, though, because the reality is, is that the green card gives you access to things that you didn't have on your own before. It gives you permission and has access in your life and What we're going to do right now is I'm going to have you, in a moment, we're going to pray. I'm going to have all of you just step out of your seats and come to the altar and grab uh, just one of the revived cards. And You're not going to fill them out right now. We're going to take the card and we're going to begin to pray over these cards. Because we're going to write down what we want God to revive in 2019 in our lives. Passion for God. Love for people. Desire to make a difference. It might be for your family, it might be for your marriage, it might be for your children, it might be for your business, it might be just for your personal walk with God, but you're going to take these, and I, I just, we could write anything down and then just walk away with it, and just, it becomes a, just, just something we go through the motion, but Peter had an encounter with God. When Peter understood who Jesus was, it revealed who Peter was. When you come to a revelation of who God is, It will release who God made you to be. You're not going to find who God created you to be outside of your relationship with God. It's connected to your relationship with God. And if you would have an encounter with God, it will release who God made you to be. Pastor, I'm, I'm doing pretty good right now. It's all right. Imagine how much more you could do when you're connected. And so in a moment, I'm going to call you up and we're going to ask you just to come and grab one of these cards. If you're a husband and wife, I want you to pray over this card before you write a word down on it. You can take a couple of them because next week, we're going to have the other cross up and we're going to connect on Victory Sunday. We're going to connect all our revive cards on the cross. And they're going to be up for the rest of the year. We're just going to pray over these things and believe God to meet those things that we're praying for. But take a couple more and put them on your refrigerator at home to remind you what you're asking God to revive. 
Asking God to restore. Asking God to bring together in your life. Because I'm believing this year to be a year of reviving. To bring to life. What's revived mean? It means to come alive. It means to live in the wholeness and and to live free from sickness, to live free from poverty, to walk in the fullness that God has for your life. Now is the time. Stop living at such a low level. Stop going through the motions. You guys should be the best students that San Jose State ever saw. You guys should set the bar so high that other people are emulating you for generations to come. Why? Because God's reviving an excellence in you. I'm praying that God would grant you ideas, grant you strategies. God would begin to just pour into you guys the ability to see things from a totally different perspective. It is at this point right now that God's going to grant you ideas. And those ideas will change the world. They'll change your world. You don't want to just get an education. Education's great. But I'm praying revelation with that education to take you to a new level. The businesses that you guys are running right now wouldn't just set people financially free, but it would set people's hearts free to dream beyond measure. That the standard you guys are holding up in health and finances would inspire other people to live free spiritually, physically, and financially. John, that this dream to open up this women's home, well, it's been a vision of mine for years to have a women's home. And I'm believing even now that we're going to see a home, that God's going to give us the right house for the right price, and that we're going to see that place filled with ladies that need freedom from their past. And we're going to see people set free, man. That's what I'm believing for. Believing for our new property in 2019. Setting up, breaking down, setting up, breaking down, believing to go online, to actually take our, our campus online for once. Those of you that are traveling don't have the ability to see what's going on. We have the ability to share our worship, to share what God has for us. I still want to buy a taco truck. I want to start a business that whether from the men's home or from the homeless would run that truck. We would use it as a business during the day, but in the afternoon, we'd go out to the homeless encampments and just feed the homeless. To have the ability to give, to have the ability to pour in, to have the ability to touch. What do we do with our property in Milpitas if we get a place out here? We turn that into our dream center. What do I mean? It becomes a homeless shelter. It becomes a training center. It becomes a thrift shop where those that need clothes can walk in. And you don't just walk in and just start pulling out of bags. What is it that I'm reviving? I'm reviving my dream of what God gave me to believe for our community. That when people walk in, they're looking for a pair of shoes. They're not going through a bunch of bags of shoes. We got them all laid out and we have someone taking their size and they go back and take a new pair of shoes and bring them out to someone. That when they're looking for clothes, they go through a rack instead of having to go through bags with honor and with respect. People need dignity. I'm believing God. What's my vision in 2019? 
I'm believing that God messes up my vision because I believe my vision's too small for what God wants to do. What am I telling you right now? I'm speaking this over your family right now. So everyone stand to your feet. Speak and revive. Everyone just lift your hands for a moment. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.